I want to speak to you for a few moments as today we are talking about Pentecost Sunday. This is 50 days after the, uh, um, uh, from Easter. And as you know that we as Pentecostal, we believe, we, we, we want to allow the Spirit of God to move in our services, to move in our lives, to move in our homes and our families. And how many know that the Spirit of God is important? So the Spirit of God is something that we need to search for, something that we want to be part of and experience the power of God. There's a story told by three pastors who were having lunch together and learning that all have been facing the same problem. All three churches had bats in the attic. One pastor tried to solve the problem with a shotgun, but that didn't work. Another pastor captured them, drove them to the country, and set them free, but the bats beat, them, beat him back to the church. The third pastor said, there is no longer a problem at my church. How did you get rid of them? One, the others asked. Well, the pastor said, I baptized them, confirmed them, and they haven't been back since. The amazing thing about this story is that it can be told in many churches of any denomination and people will relate to it in alignment of the modern church is that that it has difficulties attracting and keeping new members it is strange that this would be easier in this case because attending church is easier today than ever before going to church today is much much easier than ever before in this country you're not likely to be arrested and executed for attending church at least till now it is most likely wouldn't hurt your career in fact it helps you in many in many cases our churches are comfortable the buildings are air-conditioned we have a PA system so it is possible for everyone to hear without the preacher having to shout. Our chairs are comfortable, they're cushioned. So you have to sit on hard, you don't have to sit on hard wooden benches. The service don't last for hours and hours. Like in the old days. You would think going to church today would be more easier. You would think going to church today would be more something that we don't have to think about on a Sunday morning. If you have to debate, if you have to discuss about going to church on a Sunday morning, you got to get safe. There's no question. There's no, it's, it's Sunday morning. We're going to church. You know, this is something that in today's society that it is so much easier to, to, to make excuses and, and to drop out but how many know that we need to be engaged in the things of God? We need to be engaged and understand that we are living in a time that the Spirit of God, the church, it needs to become something important in our life. But the fact is that when you compare percentage of the church membership to the general population, the church is a small, smaller than it was 50 years ago. And the current trend shows no sign of reversal. Especially today with the pandemic that we've had, the virus, it has caused a lot of churches, a lot of people, 
and we understand, we get it, but I'm talking about in general relationship with, with the Spirit of God, relationship with the Lord. There has been a shifting in the life of many individuals. When you examine the early church, you don't see this type of problem. In fact, the early church changed the course of human history in spite of having no resources, no building, no seminaries, and no denominational headquarters. Think about it for a moment. The early church was impacting the world. The early church was on the move, impacting, changing the lives of individuals, the life of people. The early church was a church on the move. You know I'm going somewhere, just hang in there. This happened because the early church possessed certain qualities that caused it to prosper even in the midst of oppression. That even in the midst of persecution, in the midst of trials and, and struggles they were facing, they were still able to move forward and able to prosper in the midst of all the challenges that the early church had. In spite of all those challenges, the church was willing and able to move forward and able to change the world, the history of humankind. It was the Spirit of God. It was the Spirit of the Lord that helped them and, and propelled them and, and encouraged them and touched them to do an incredible touch. This crucial element of a dyna dynamic church can be seen as we study the story of the, of the birth of the church in the second chapter of Acts. We see this movement and this challenging. As we read this story, we see the reason why the early church was so powerful. You can see it, why the church was so engaged in, 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 in lives change and transform. We can model, as we talk about Pentecost Sunday, where the Spirit of the Lord was poured out. And if our church today can be like the early church was on that day of Pentecost, then our churches can be powerful and dynamic to, today too. I believe that if we engage and we allow that mindset and we can model that mindset in our hearts, in our ministries, in our church, in our families, that it can not only impact our church, but it can impact your home. It can impact your marriages. It can impact your family. That we allow the Spirit of the Lord not to, to, not to be contained in this building, but to go outside these four walls of the church, that the church will go further than what we see here. But it starts with individuals and people who understand that if I can allow the Spirit of the Lord, if I can allow to move in my life, this story in the Acts 2 reveals a couple of characteristics of the early church, which will be important of any dynamic church in the New, in the New Testament time. First of all, the dynamic church possessed in that time and what needs to be allowed today, first of all, is an, is an atmosphere in which God is free to move. 
When you read the first verses of Acts chapter 2, what usually attracts your attention is the phenomenal description in verse 2 through 4. The mighty rushing wind, the flames of fire, the speaking in tongues. In reality, the key verse in this passage is, is in verse 1. Where it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And some translation says, in one accord. I think that if we're even going to go further, any, any further than that, and, 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 and I know all the others are important. But I believe that if we're going to experience that move of God in our lives, in our homes, in our church, we need to be in one accord. We need to be in, in one understanding, in, in one place, in our, in our spirit, in our minds. We all have different difficulties. We all have different challenges. We all come from different backgrounds. We all have come from different places. But, but one thing that we have in common is that we all come to be in one place. And what is that? To magnify and lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That we come to church and recognize that it's not about this. It's not about that. It's not about me. But it's about the Spirit of God in, this, in, our, in my life and in my church. That we provide that atmosphere, that environment in which God is free to move. The followers of the church had cultivated an, an atmosphere in which God was free to move. They did it in two ways. First of all, they were obedient to his word. I believe that when we gather together that we become a church that, that understands. Listen, I get all the shouting. I get all the other stuff. I get it all. But, but the problem is, but if there's no change within us, you can speak in tongues all you want, but if there's no change in, in, inside of you, it means nothing. It's just a good show. Trust me, I've been around Pentecost long enough to know that. I've seen it many times, but we need to understand that if we the church we're going to move forward. We have to be in one place, in one accord, in spirit, in vision, and in pursuit of God. It's obedience to his word. One of the things that captivated and Pentecost on that day was the followers of Jesus were all together in one place because of the word. He gave them just before the ascension. He said, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. What word have we received as a church that we need to obey? God has commanded us to preach the gospel. It is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's people who need to hear hope in their lives. People need to hear that their marriages can be reconciled. People need to hear that people's life can be changed. We thank God for all the other stuff. By the end of the day, it is the Spirit of God. It's God who can change your life. I've seen people who have gone in the wrong direction, who are in drugs, in addictions, in all kinds of stuff, and, the, and God have changed their lives. 
He has commanded us to feed the hungry, to close the unclothed, to visit the sick. He has given us his perfect word in, in the scriptures. And in them we have all we need for teaching, correction, and training, and righteousness. This is the word that we can find it in his word. What we need for us to be in that place. So the early church created an atmosphere in which God was free to move because they were committed to obeying the word of Christ. You know what? We need to obey the word of, God, the word of Christ. We need to obey what the word of God speaks to us and tells us. We need to obey that if we go going to allow that, create that, that atmosphere, we need to obey the word of God. That we read the word of God. That we allow the Spirit of God to transform us and change us. So the early church created, created an atmosphere in which God was free to move because they were all committed to obeying that word of Christ. Also, they demonstrated faith in his promise. They were waiting together because they believed that Jesus will fulfill the promise he made a few days earlier. When he said, in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. No wonder they were waiting together. No one wanted to miss out on Jesus' promise. They knew whatever was about to happen would be important. And they wanted to be part of it. They said, man, we can't miss this. Whatever Jesus said he was going to do, man, I don't want to miss this. I want to be right there. I, you know what? I, I don't want to miss this opportunity. We can experience a powerful move of God in this congregation if we are obedient to his word and if we believe his promise. We can experience that if we say, no, God, I know you can move. If you, did, if you have done it, then you can do it now. You can change our life. You can transform our life. There's an old, an old gospel hymn that goes, trust and obey, for there's no other way. To be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. In other words, we got to trust the Lord and we got to obey the Lord. We got to obey and follow his word in our lives. Not, not only what looks good on a Sunday morning, but what it looks good Monday through Friday and Saturday and back Sunday again. It is the spirit of the Lord. The second characteristic in Acts 2 is that, that a dynamic church is that they grab the attention of the outsiders. I was about to get fun now. They grab the attention of the outsiders repeatedly repeatedly throughout the book of acts we see that the church was too powerful to be ignored we can see repeatedly in the book of acts that the church was too powerful to be ignored this was certainly the case on pentecost sunday after the sound of the wind and the sight of the flames of fire 
the crowd that have gathered at the house where, where this was taking place were amazed to hear the disciples speaking in different languages. Now follow me. They realized that this was something beyond the ordinary. And many of them were intrigued. Now think about it. This was something they have never seen before. In other words, it got their attention real quickly. This is before Facebook and Instagram and, and, and Google and, and websites and, and Internet. Think about it. They were captured. Something is happening over there. The, the word of mouth spread quickly through the community. That there's something happening over there. In Acts chapter 2, verse 7 through 8 says, Utterly amazed, they ask, are not all these men Gentiles? And then how is that each of us hear them in their own native language? Verse 12 says, amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? See, a dynamic church attracts attention to itself. People cannot help but notice. When the community sees the miracles, changes in, in, the, in people's lives and, and hear the testimony of believers, they will not be able to resist the temptation of, of taking a closer look. When they see your life change, when they see you that there's something different about this individual, his life is being transformed. You know what? Let's take a closer look at this. And they see that your life is being changed. That you used to be in drugs. You used to be involved in all kinds of stuff. But now your life is being transformed. Your life is being changed. People are going to go, hey, I want to see that. It gets their attention. Of course, anytime a person looks objectively at the claims of Jesus Christ, there, there's only one conclusion they can, they can come to. Jesus Christ is a son of God and has the power to change lives. Only God can do that. Only God can take an alcoholic and turn him around. Only God can change someone who's been involved in drugs and, 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 and on the streets. And, and God touches them and, and they can change by the power of the Spirit of God. It is the Spirit of God who is available. It is important to realize, however, that some are not going to take, it, take an objective look at the church. There are those who even the presence of a miraculous can only be cynical. In verse 13 they said, but others were making fun of them. Saying, they had too much wine. Think about it. They were changed by the power of God and there's always somebody who will criticize you. Oh, come on somebody. They'll start talking about you. They'll say, look, it won't last for long. Look at it. Who, who does he think he is? And people start judging you and questioning you and talking about you. When your life is being changed because you know what? They don't understand this, the power of God. They don't understand the spirit of God in their lives. 
And that's what happens many times in the life of individuals and in young people's lives. We don't understand. We start making fun of, of the Spirit of God. We start making fun of, of, of church. We start making fun. You better be careful with that. You better be careful with that. You better show reverence, show respect, show honor to the Spirit of the Lord. As the crowd witnessed the miraculous events on that day of Pentecost, the reaction was either amazement or amusement. But they were unable to ignore it. Either they were making fun or they were amazed. But either one, they, were not, they can't ignore it. It was happening. And listen, and, and, and no matter what you go through, you go after God. People might make fun of you. People might think you're nuts. People might think you're crazy because you're going after God. But I tell you what, you don't come to impress them. You come here to follow Jesus Christ. You go after God. It's not about people. It's not about people's opinions and people's views. It's about what God wants to do and wants to speak into your life. See, this is, how, this is how the world must react to Jesus. That they can't ignore it. They can't ignore that there's something different about your presence. There's something different about your life. There's something different about you that, that they can't help to see. Man, there's something about that individual and that person that I want to be part of. Something is happening to them that I want to experience that touch in my life. Jesus said, he who is not for me is against me. And, and he also said, he who is not against me is for me. He made it clear that you cannot write the fence concerning your relationship with him. There is no neutral ground. You're either going to serve God or you're going to serve the world. You can't, be in, you can't hold the hand of God and hold the hand of the, of the world at the same time. You know what? That's not what Jesus said. That's not what the Bible is telling. The Bible is saying you either serve God 100% or you're going to serve the world. But I'm telling you, the world will have things to offer to you. And, and it will look good and, and it will look pleasant. But the Bible says that sin only lasts for a little season. It, it looks good for now, but in the long run, it will destroy your life. It can destroy your future. It can destroy what God has for you. The devil wants nothing but to destroy the plan of God in your life. That's his agenda. You come from a broken home. You say, well, this is, a, this is what it's going to look like all the time. You know, this is what my world's going to look like. Listen, I grew up in a home, but my, my father was an alcoholic. I could have easily followed those footsteps, but I allowed God to change my life. As a teenage boy, I allowed the Spirit of God to speak to my life. And here I am today. Who would have thought I'd be preaching the gospel? That was the last thing in my mind. But you know what? But when you surrender completely to God, when you surrender to the Spirit of God, and you allow God to change you, and that's what people say, you know, there's something different. You, you either go for God or not. As the world examines the church, their reaction to us will be the same. 
they will want you they will want to join us or they will ridicule us but they will not be able to ignore us not if not if we are dynamic a dynamic church also opens the doors to everyone a tragic element of the church history is that have often acted an ex exclusive social club rather than the body of Christ in the early days there were those who didn't want to allow Gentiles into the fellowship in the Middle Age in, in doing the Reformation Jews were excluded from the church membership in recent generations people of different races have been made to feel unwelcome by some churches and of course the church has not only excluded people in the basis of skin color people have been because of, of age and gender and socioeconomic status when Peter spoke to the crowd on the day of Pentecost he made it clear that this miraculous event was a representative of God's intention to include everybody, everyone and everybody into the fellowship of his church. Whereas in Judaism, there were sharp distinctions in the status of Jews and Gentiles. Peter made it clear that in the church of Christ, those distinctions will be eliminated. Peter said that in, that in Christ's church, there will be no room for race discrimination. Verse 17 says, God says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all kinds of people. All kinds of people. At that time of Christ, Jews were considered God's people. Gentiles were considered to be separate from God. Religious Jewish men used to pray, Lord, I thank you that I was born neither a woman or a Gentile. Through Gentiles could convert to Judaism, they could never enjoy the full package of the benefits as one who, have, who was Jewish by birth. And really, and really strict Jews had no use of Gentiles at all. Some even went far to say that that, that hoping should not be given to a Gentile woman in childbirth because it would only bring another Gentile into the world. Now, discrimination has gone for a long time. This ain't nothing new that we're seeing today. It's been gone for even since the Bible times. God has promised many times in the Old Testament to, to get rid of this kind of racism in this part of the message of Pentecost, God's Spirit is available to anyone from any nation. The Spirit of God is available for all of us. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what country you're from. It doesn't matter what language you speak. You might speak Espanol, como yo hablo Espanol. You can, you can, whatever, maybe ASL language like this is doing right now. It doesn't matter where you come from. The Spirit of God is available for all of us. And thank the Lord for that. Woo! It doesn't matter. 
Doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what, what, what nationality you are. The Spirit of God is available for everyone who is willing to receive it and willing to open their heart and say, God, here I am. Change my life. Change my, my, my future, Lord. And, and God will come into your life. Not only that, but also gender discrimination. In verse 17 says, your sons and daughters will prophesy. I know this is a sensitive issue among many Bible-believing Christians. So please take note. I'm not making this up. Peter is not making this up either. He's not speaking his opinion. His words are a direct quote from the mouth of God as recorded in Joe chapter 2, verse 28 to 32. In the New Testament, women play a crucial, critical role in the establishment of several congregations and were identified as follower workers by the Apostle Paul. I believe women have just as much. I tell you what, there are some powerful preaching women in our nation today. I know people might not agree with all this stuff. But I'm telling you, if God, if men are not willing to be used, God will use somebody who rises up. Oh, I know you don't like this kind of preaching. I'll move on. We don't have time right now to explore the issues throughout, thoroughly. It is enough to say that the scripture makes it plain that women are to be actively involved in the ministry of the church. And they're not to be considered second-class citizens in the kingdom of God. Woo! Oh, I, I, I wish more women be shouting by now. Not only that, but age discrimination. I ain't, and I ain't getting close to home now, am I? I ain't getting close to home now. Age discrimination. I know Brother Rombach does, just got a tidy in his hiney. When I say age discrimination, the Bible says your, your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. A lot of you old men are doing a lot of dreams lately. A lot of dreams. It, it is a shame that organizations which are not allowed that are not allowed to discriminate according to race or gender are still allowed to discriminate according to age. Too often talent, experience, and therefore more, ex more, you know, more expensive workers are quietly ushered out the company back door to make way for younger, less costly labor. You know, am I saying this this morning? There are even some denominations that have a mandatory retirement once a minister reaches a certain age. This is unfortunate because at no point in a person's life did they lose their ability to make a contribution to the kingdom of God. We need the wisdom and experience that comes with age. I'm telling you, even I've heard people 
say, oh, we can't wait until this old man pastor retires and get out of the way so we can put a young guy, young guy in there. You know what? You know what? I get it. I understand. But they're pushing him out. You know what? Sometimes the wisdom, the knowledge they have accumulated. I tell young people, hang around some of these older people. You want to learn about life? Talk to some of these older people. That you, you'll learn something from them. I, I, when I was a teenager, I attended a church that mostly 80% was old people. And I used to hang out with them. I used to talk to them all the time. That's why I'm so smart today. Just relax. I'm joking. It's a joke. But I'll hang out with them because they had wisdom. And, and I would talk to them and they would tell me, don't, you know things in my life that do and don'ts in life serving God you know we, we we also make the mistake of referring to the to 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 to, to the young people as the church of tomorrow Peter saying that we are the church of today today we, you will see visions every member in this congregation no matter how young or how old has a role to play as we, as we need each other and, and every one of you. We, we work each other. We, we, need, we need the strength of the young, but we need the wisdom of the old. We need the guidance of the old. We need the young people to do the work, and we need the old people to pay the bills. Come on, somebody. <laughs> a lot of truth. Young people have no money. They think they do, but they have no money. We need the wisdom of the old generation. They have the pocketbook. They have the checkbook. Come on, Amen. Come on. Say amen. Don't be afraid. Young people need a job. There's, there's hiring signs all through everywhere. Hiring, now hiring. I went to Texas a couple of weeks ago. We rented a car to go to Texas. And, and, and the lady was asking me, do you want a job? I said, you, you mean you need workers? She goes, I need people who help me wash the car. We have nobody. We're offering $15. I think it's $16. Nobody wants to work. I'm very careful. I'm, I'm very, very careful. That's another sermon for another day. Maybe next week. But I'm telling you, nobody wants to work. But anyway, I'm getting on my subject. I'm getting on my, my point here. We need each other. We need each other. We need to help one another. What's in, what's in 2 Kings, Paul, where, 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 where the king was, oh, Lord, I, 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 I just got in trouble, right? I can't remember it. But anyway, where, where, the, where the boy had the arrows, and he was pulling the bow and pulling the arrows, and but he... The old man didn't have the strength, but the young, the young man did, and he pulled the arrow back and, and shoot it. But he had the wisdom of the old man. He was telling him where to shoot it. You know, but we, so we need each other. We need the young people's enthusiasm. We need the young people's passion. We need the young people's strength. But we need the older people who guide us and show us the path and, and give us wisdom and, and direction in life. You know what? You can't depend on Google for everything. 
you can't Google everything. You, you know, young moms nowadays, you don't ask their mothers, I'll, I'll ask Google. Like Google have raised kids. You, you, oh, I'm going, I'm quitting. I'm, I'm getting, this is too hot to handle. I'm moving on. The last thing is this. Proclaims the message of salvation. Proclaims the message of salvation. Verse 21 says, then anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Let me read it one more time. The scripture tells us, the Bible tells us that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You call upon the name of Jesus, he will come to you. No matter what you're going through, no matter where you're at, you call upon the name of the Lord. Later, Peter finished his message by saying, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. And he repeats the promise Christ made earlier. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is a gift that we need. You know what? We need the Spirit of God. We need the Lord. I, I know the world, I know the world has a lot to offer, but man, at the end of the day, we end up empty. The world has a lot of things to. Sometimes we, we follow the world because we want to try things or because peer pressure or because of other people. But sometimes, man, it just leads us into empty paths and wrong decisions and wrong things in life that, man, it causes, it can cost us our future. I mean, just to impress people, we do stupid stuff, but man, but we got to trust God in your future. You can't do it without Him. I mean, we're going to go from place to place in life and situation to situations in life and still be the same thing. Five years from now, be the same thing. You know what? It's been, it's been told that our life repeats itself every five years. What you're doing today, if you don't change what you're doing, five years from now, you'll be doing the same thing. Every five years, there's a cycle in your life that changes. Many of us are still stuck in the same things. Yes, I'm going to change. Yes, I'm going to give my life to the Lord. Yes, I want, I want a better plan for my life. I want a better purpose for my life. I, I want a better destiny for my life, a better decisions in my life. And you know what? You're stuck in the same thing because you, you refuse to allow it to change you. But you have to allow at least, you know what? I tell you what, you can't go wrong. Let me say one more thing. You can't go wrong serving God. And by the way, what do you what what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? Give God a chance. Give God a chance to change you. Give God a chance to that you don't want to be where you are right now. This is what the future that we want. If this is the future that you look forward to, this is it. We want better. We want something greater. We want a purpose in our life. With every head bowed and every eye closed for a moment, just bow your heads for a moment. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not, but I wanted to ask this question. 
you're here this morning you say you know pastor man I, I'm hearing what you're saying I, I, I get it I can't do this on my own at the end of at the end of that day it's just me at the end of the day it's just me and I have to make things right with him and if, the, if that's you maybe and first of all I'm going to ask this question maybe you need Jesus in your heart you need Jesus in your heart you say you know what I need to receive this Jesus you're talking about I'll, I want him to change my life I want to give him a chance to change my life if that's you on a count of three I want you to lift up your hand where you're at one two three lift your hand up anybody 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 quickly 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 I see that hand you can put it down quickly this is between you and God this is just between you and the Lord hallelujah you can put him down thank you let me ask you this other question you hear this morning say pastor I, I, I need to trust in the Lord I need to trust in God there's man I need the spirit of the Lord in my life I need the spirit of the Lord to guide me to direct me to show me the way to show me where I need to do what I need to do in my future my future is important to me if that's you in a count of three lift your hand where you're at one two three lift them up I see the hand I see the hand I see the hand I see the hand I see those hands thank you you can put them down many hands were lifted up we need a spirit of God to even I'll lift my hand up I need a spirit of God to guide me every day I need the Spirit of God to, to guide me, to make, to make the right decisions in life and to trust Him. We need the Spirit of God. Why don't you get up on your feet for a moment? No, I want you, I'll just stand up, I'll just stand for a moment, just worship the Lord for a moment. Come on, just close your eyes for a moment. Just show, just be reverent for a moment. Just worship the Lord where you're at. How many of y'all, how many of y'all know that the, more than ever before, it's more crucial today for the church to be faithful to preaching the gospel, to preach the gospel of the, of the message. See, one reason we have lost influence in society is that the church as a whole has gotten away from the message of salvation. It is salvation. It is salvation we need. Some preach against, against sin, but that's not the same as preaching a, God's message of salvation. Some preach political agenda, but that's not the message of salvation. The message of salvation is a message that the early church proclaimed. And it's the message that we must proclaim today. Jesus Christ is Lord and has the power to change lives. That is the message of salvation. And this dynamic message that 
that makes believers out of non-believers otherwise we're just preaching to the choir we need people to experience salvation we need people to experience change listen to this three three churches a Baptist a Methodist and a Presbyterian work together to sponsor a community-wide revival after the revival have concluded the three pastors were discussing the results the Methodist minister said the revival worked great for us we gained four families as new members of our congregation the Baptist preacher said we did even better than that we've gained six new families as members of our congregation the Presbyterian pastor said well we did even better than that we got rid of our ten biggest troublemakers some of you get in your way home you see the Bible says in Mark 16 15 says we are called to preach the gospel to every creature that's the responsibility of the church to preach the gospel to every creature we're here to preach the gospel you know why because people need to get safe and one day all those who are walking around with Jesus in their heart one day that trump is gonna sound and I'll be walking around the Walmart and I won't be there no more because that trumpet sound and we'll be going to heaven one day that rapture is going to take place believe it or not it's going to take place one day it's going to take place but we got to trust the Lord in our hearts he has to live in our hearts now amen